for one. I want to say this is... Uh, this morning, before I forget, it's weird because next Sunday is Christmas Sunday, but we're kind of calling this Christmas Sunday because uh, it's the Sunday before Christmas, and we usually have the Sunday before Christmas is Christmas Sunday. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll say this early, all right? Merry Christmas. Uh, we're a week early, uh, but that's all right. And, uh, and I want to mention this as well. I, I, don't, I know I mentioned it in the adult Sunday school class. I don't know if it got mentioned in the announcements or not, but uh, we will not be live streaming the service tonight. So if you think you're going to go home and you're just going to kick up your feed and, and, and have your toasty blanket and turn on the live stream, it's not going to be there, okay? Uh, just let you know that up front, and uh, you have to come if you want to see it tonight. That's the only way you'll get it. And uh, so I want to encourage you to be here. We're expecting visitors and uh, and Lord willing, bring visitors with you, all right? Bring people to come, and, uh, and we'll have a good time. The kids' uh, Christmas program, they have worked hard on it, and, uh, and then we're looking forward to it, all right? That's the end of my commercial. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 1, and, uh, and I want to preach this morning on God with us. I'll say this, uh, that as I was preparing this message, uh, I really was preparing and I spent time and I had written it all out and I thought, uh, boy, this kind of seems familiar and it's a very familiar passage to us. And so I went back and I looked and several years ago I preached um, the, the same idea, God with us, a whole different outline. And, uh, and so uh, I say, and then I was listening this week, and I heard another message that was a whole other outline. And so I say this, uh, that as you look at this passage, God with us applies to our lives in so many ways uh, that you could probably preach half a dozen to a dozen messages out of this same very text, and every one of them apply and fit our life. And so maybe you've heard uh, messages like this in the past. Undoubtedly you have, uh, if you've been around church any time. Uh, but uh, what a great passage. Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. When Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and they shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. What a powerful phrase, that little three-word uh, phrase, God with 
us. And I want us to focus on that this morning. And let's have a word of prayer before we get into the message. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for all of the specials. What a blessing. What an encouragement. God, as we look at your greatness, we look at your salvation. God, we look at everything that you've done for us. And God, our hearts are truly overwhelmed and blessed. God, by how good you've been to us, simply in providing salvation. God, thank you for that. God, I pray that you would just bless this morning. I pray, Father, that you would use me. God, I pray that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. And Father, we'll be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, God with us. It was, of course, prophesied in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter number 7 and verse number 14. Many times you'll see it on Christmas cards or Christmas placards or uh, things like that. And it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And it does not give us the meaning in that verse particularly, but in the New Testament here in Matthew, uh, it does tell us it means God with us. And let me just stop and say just a couple of things that are so important about that verse, uh, those verses rather, that listen, uh, Mary, when she had that child, uh, it was of God. It was not a, uh, Mary and Joseph did not get together. There was no other man involved. It was Mary, and the Bible is very clear that she, before they had come together, in other words, before they had had relations, uh, she was a virgin. And God put that child inside of Mary. And you say, well, why is that so important? Because Jesus Christ is sinless, and he was born of God. Uh, listen, we believe and we understand from Scripture very clearly that from the very beginning of time, Adam and Eve fell into sin, and the Bible makes it very clear. Matter of fact, we'll talk about it a little later that, that sin was passed from person to person all the way down to you and I. And every one of us have a sin nature because of that. That's why it's so important that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. And listen, God did a miraculous thing and came to this world veiled in flesh. Thank God for that. And listen, he did that so that you and I could be saved. And I've only got two points this morning, and I won't tell you that I have six sub-points, because uh, then you get scared. But uh, uh, just two points that I want you to notice out of this passage. And the first one, as we think about this idea of God being with us, is first and foremost, he's with us uh, as our Savior. That's, what the that's really what the text says. It says there in verse number 21, go back with me. It says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. If you have any doubts, uh, Jesus Christ is the Savior. Look what it says. It uh, goes on. For he shall save his people from their sins. And listen, Jesus Christ is God and is the perfect and only acceptable sacrifice that has been made for mankind. And I praise the Lord for that. 
And listen, it says he, not she. We don't worship Mary. And listen, it's Jesus Christ that is God in the flesh. Why do I say that? Because there are people who believe that Jesus Christ is not God. There are people who believe that Mary is who we're supposed to pray to. And so I'm just telling you very clearly from the Word of God that, listen, it's Jesus Christ that is our Savior. Uh, listen, we, they, it's been sung about our young people and uh, have sung about it in the specials this morning that, uh, that, that, listen, Jesus Christ was born on this earth with the purpose of dying on the cross of Calvary. That's why he came, not only to die, but praise the Lord for the next, for he rose again from the dead. Hey, the, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank God that he came. Thank God. Why did he do that? Well, the Bible tells us here in our text to save his people from their sin. Uh, listen, it's very clear in Scripture that sin separates us from God. Way back in the, in the Garden of Eden, and uh, listen, Adam and Eve were placed there in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says uh, that, that God came to them to walk with them in the cool of the day. The way it's worded and the way it all plays out, uh, it very is a, it's apparent to me that Adam and Eve and God had a regular time that God would come down and walk with them. And so they were not surprised when God came down and wanted to spend time with them. After all, God created mankind because He desires to have a relationship with us. He doesn't just put us down here on earth so that He can observe us. Uh, one time, uh, I'm sure over the years when I was younger, I had an ant farm. And you know what? I had those ants, and you know what you do? You don't play with ants. You don't interact with ants. You don't even communicate with them. You don't even teach them anything. All you do is watch them. That's all you do. Well, what good is an ant farm? I guess you'll learn from it. I mean, it's biblical. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. And so I guess there's a biblical concept there. But, but you really don't interact. God didn't make the world as an ant farm so that he could sit in heaven and just watch all the proceedings that would take place on this world. He made man because he desires to have a relationship with mankind. That's why he came down to the garden. That's why he walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. And listen, when they sinned against God and they disobeyed what God had said and they ate of that fruit, the Bible calls that a transgression. It is a sin. It is something where they disobeyed God. And when that happened, oh, there was a problem. And all of a sudden, God came down to the garden, the Bible says, and, 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 he, and, and it says it this way in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 8. You can turn back there if you want to uh, turn back there quickly. Genesis 3.8, at least it's easy to find. It's right in the beginning of your Bible. Genesis 3.8, the Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Wait a minute, what took place? They had sinned. And now, when God came to spend time with them, the Bible says that they hid themselves from the presence of God. 
And I'll tell you this, that I, you really can't hide from God. He always knows where you are, and he knew where Adam and Eve were. But the idea is this, that man, because of his sin in his life, created a separation from God, and all of a sudden they realized we are no longer right with God. And, and we don't want that fellowship with God. Sin had caused a separation from man and from God. And the Bible says in Isaiah 59.1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not, is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. And what I'm saying is this, that sin separates us from God and causes a divide to come in. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and that was Adam. And he talks about that in Romans 5. He goes on in the same verse and says, and death by sin. In other words, because of Adam's sin... Man was then condemned to death. And listen, that death was, uh, was more than just a physical death. Uh, the Bible talks about it in Revelation, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And it talks about an eternal damnation, which is the second death. And that's all part of it. And so because of the sin, there is a result of death. And the Bible says this at the last part of that verse in Romans 5.12. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And every one of us are born with that sin nature. I was saying that Jesus was born of a virgin because uh, he was not of man, but of God. Listen, you and I, we have parents. And you know what? Our parents are not perfect people. My parents are here. I'm grateful that they're here. And, uh, but you know what? They're, they're in the same boat as I am. Their, their parents were sinners. And guess I love my grandparents their, their parents, I didn't even know my great-grandparents, and their parents, their great-great-grandparents, and it goes back all the way. You can trace your heritage as far back as you want, but you're going to find that every person that has ever been born on this earth is a sinner because, listen, we all come from Adam and Eve, and that sin nature has been passed on. And listen, because of that, we all sin. We're born sinners. Well, I haven't sinned. How many of you ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Told a lie? Told a lie? All right, look around. Those who aren't raising their hands, they're lying, okay? <laughs> it's true. We're all sinners. We've all, we've all lied. We've all done something. Well, Pastor, I'm not really that bad. That, you know, most people say that. Listen, was Adam really that bad? Did Adam kill anyone? Did Adam, did Adam, did Adam uh, go out and do drugs or, or, or some heinous thing? No, the truth of the matter is you don't have to be a very bad person in order to go to hell. The Bible is very clear that all of our sin, because we are sinners, we are in deservance of that place that's called hell. And that's where Adam was. Uh, the fact of the matter is because he simply disobeyed God. And that sin separates us from God. But listen, Jesus Christ came to this world. He was born of a virgin. 
And listen, he was born and he lived an absolute sinless life. Pastor, you really believe he didn't sin? We have a hard time understanding it because we have a sin nature. We can't imagine not lying, not cheating, not stealing, not doing. We can't even fathom a life of perfection. But Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. The Bible tells us that, that he was without sin. And listen, we can't even fathom. Man, uh, I mean, we've all, we've all said mean things or crude things to other people. And we turn around, we regret that. We say, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. Listen, Jesus Christ, the Bible says he never did that. The Bible says that his words were clean. Every part of Jesus Christ was perfect. And why? He died on the cross. He took our place on the cross of Calvary and died so that you and I could be saved. He took our place. He paid for our sin. And thank God for that. And he's with us in salvation. He wants you to trust him as your own personal Savior. You're not saved just because you come to church. You're not saved because you're born in a Christian family. You're not saved because uh, you do good works. You are saved because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. And the, as the Bible says, you call upon Him. Say, God, save me. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I need to be born again. I recognize that I need to be saved. And you ask him to save you, and he saves you. Uh, he's with us in salvation. Praise the Lord for salvation that he offers. Listen, Christian, this is really a message for us. Because God with us is a message of not just salvation, but it's a message of a shepherd. A shepherd. You think about a shepherd is with his sheep. The idea of, of presence, that God would be with us, uh, that God would spend time with us, is very, uh, the idea is wrapped up in that of a shepherd spending time with his sheep. And so you get the idea that a shepherd, and that's a very much so Bible term. Matter of fact, the Bible calls uh, God, uh, and it talks about him in John chapter number 10. It calls him the, he calls himself the good shepherd. And in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 20, it calls him the great shepherd. And in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 4, it calls him the chief shepherd the greatest of all shepherds. And so Jesus Christ was, uh, was certainly a shepherd. And what does a shepherd do as we think about that, as we think about the idea of God with us? Listen, a shepherd, number one, has his presence with the sheep. A shepherd goes out in the field and spends time with the sheep. We don't have a lot of sheep around here. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen sheep around here. I don't know that we have any. I've seen them in other places. 
But that shepherd, especially in, in Bible times, would go out and they would free range. And that shepherd would have to accompany his sheep and go out with them. And he would spend time with them. And as he spent time with those sheep, listen, he would get to know them. And, and the Bible describes Jesus as our shepherd. And, and it talks about him as God with us. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hey, listen, I preached, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Jesus in our midst. Man, we come together at church. What a blessing to know that he is in our midst. Listen, that's, that's encouragement to get together. Uh, that's a blessing to be able to come to the church service and, and, and know that God is with us and he's in our midst. By the way, you don't get that on live stream. You get to observe it just like you get to watch a game from the TV set, but you don't get to be there and feel the energy and, and the excitement of being in church. And, and so, uh, so he was there in our midst. But listen to me. He said, believer, Christian, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hey, listen, it's not just when we get together. Oh, there's something special about getting together. Yes, there's no doubt about that. And it's a blessing and it's encouragement. But listen to me, when you go home today and tomorrow when you get up and you go to work and you're not around other Christians, you remember this, that God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And he goes to work with you tomorrow. Hey, he goes wherever you go tomorrow. He goes with you. At the Christian camp I worked at this summer, I thought of this. I, I left, and, and that weekend I was really disappointed because I wanted to see it. And they work with kids that are uh, somewhat troubled. And, and so uh, they, they, what they were going to do, they explained it. And I was in the staff meeting, but then, I had, then my camp week was over, so I went home. And, and the staff that was left was going to do all this. But they were going to take two kids, and they were going to tie them together with a rope at the hip. And, and, and he said, it's really, it teaches the kids to work with somebody else and be conscientious that there's somebody else with them. He said, it's kind of funny because if you have a big kid and a little kid and the, little, the big kid wants seconds, man, he'll just get up and start walking. And that little kid whoa, gets drug, drug behind him. And, and, uh, and then he realizes, oh, I forgot I was tied to you. And, and he realizes that he's got somebody that he's dragging with him everywhere he goes. Hey, listen, we need to be conscientious, Christian, that everywhere we go, that Jesus Christ is with us. May we think about everything that we do. And that he is with us in every place that we go. Hey, listen, I love the way that verse is phrased in Hebrews 13 and verse number 5. Because it says, and let your conversation be without covetousness. In other words, hey, if you have Jesus, you know what? He truly satisfies everything in life. David said it this way in Psalm 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I don't have desires outside of God. God fulfills my every need and my every want in this life, and I don't need other things. Hey, listen, the presence of God ought to satisfy our life. And listen, we ought not go looking elsewhere for other things. 
hey, we ought to maintain. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Hey, our focus and our goal ought to be, hey, we need the Lord in our lives more than we need anything else. And follow him. And don't get off on all these other things. There's a lot of things in this world that will distract you, that will detract from the presence of God in your life. We need God in our life. We need His presence. He said it this way in John 10, 27. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Think about a shepherd. And they tell me, once a shepherd is well acquainted with his flock, that, that he can take and, and, and just get up and, and maybe he does a little call or a, a little whistle or whatever it is to get the sheep's attention. But then he starts walking and those sheep are just going to follow him. Why? They, they want to be with him. They know him. They trust him. There's protection there. And listen, we ought to be following God in our life. If we're not following God, there's a problem because he wants us to follow him. Hey, we need to stop wandering and start following the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. His presence is with us. Not only his presence, I want you to notice this about a shepherd. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 17. I love this passage. I was thinking about this passage. I've, I've referenced it several times. 1 Samuel chapter number 17 in the Old Testament. And verse number 34, 1 Samuel chapter number 17 and verse 34. And a, a shepherd protects his sheep. 1 Samuel chapter number 17 and verse number 34. This is David when he's gone and checked on the armies as his, uh, or brought his brother the cheese as he was supposed to do and, and, uh, and the Goliath defies the armies of the living God and that bothers David and he says, hey, I'm going to go do something about this and I'm not going to let this guy uh, defy my God and, and down, uh, down talk my God and the God of the living uh, or the... the uh, the God of Israel, and he says, I'm going to do something about it. And so he's standing before uh, King Saul. And look with me what he says here, as verse number 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now, I know the greater context there is David, but I want you to notice this, that a good shepherd is going to protect the sheep, even at peril of his own life. We find David there as a great example of that. The Bible says he, he's telling uh, straight up what happened, that as he was watching those sheep, and I don't know if it happened at the same time or two different instances, but nonetheless, uh, the Bible says that, hey, a bear and a lion came out and, and took one of the, uh, the sheep of the flock, and David said, no, not on my watch, man, and he went after that lion, and he went after that bear, and, and, and the Bible says that he, he delivered, he saved that lamb out of the mouth of that enemy, and and then he went ahead and slew that, that lion and the, that bear. 
I'm just saying that a shepherd protects his sheep. Hey, listen, Christian, praise the Lord that Jesus Christ desires to watch over you and to protect you from evil. What evil? Sometimes we don't even know it. Uh, we don't have time to go there, but the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and, and things in darkness. And it goes on and talks about spiritual things. And, and I'm just saying this, that sometimes you don't even see the enemies that are around you. You don't even know the attacks that are taking place. But listen, our good shepherd, our great shepherd, our chief shepherd is looking out for his sheep and he desires to protect you and he desires to watch out for you. But if you wander away from the fold, hey, listen, the Bible gives instance and reference of sheep that have fallen and, and the good shepherd goes and seeks after them and, and he'll try and get them back. But hey, listen, we need to make sure we're paying attention and following the shepherd and he'll protect us. He'll watch out for us. He'll guide us. A shepherd provides and, he, and he's presence uh, with, with the sheep. He protects his sheep. And then lastly, I want you to notice this, that he provides for his sheep. Listen, God will feed you spiritually every day. A shepherd will guide his sheep to good pastures. Bible says this in Psalm 23 in verse number uh, 2, He maketh me to lie down beside the still waters. He leadeth me beside, uh, in green pastures, excuse me, He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Hey, listen, He wants us to have good pasture. Listen, we ought to, we ought to be drinking from the well that will never run dry. We ought to be eating from the bread and the manna that will never run out. Sometimes we feed off of garbage out of the dumpster. You ever see somebody eat out of the dumpsters occasionally? I've never seen it in person, but, but you hear about it and you hear the expression. And you're like, man, that's, that's just gross. Listen, that's what a Christian does when they go to the world and, and try and partake of of the world's garbage that it puts out. We ought to be careful of that. And say, you know what? I need fed from the manna of the Word of God. I need to be fed. Jesus Christ desires to feed us spiritual food. And He's with us to, with our presence. He's with us to protect us. He's with us to provide for us. And He desires to feed us. We ought to be following him. We ought to be feeding from the manna from heaven. We ought to be drinking from the wells that will never run dry. We ought to be following him because he desires to be with us. And he came as a baby. Why? To be God with us. Oh, he died on the cross. Yes, he rose again from the dead. But he's promised, hey, he will be with us every day. He will watch over us. He'll protect us. He'll provide for us. And listen, God is with us. What a blessing as a Christian that we know that He'll take care of us. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed,
God with us. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. Can I tell you the second part of the shepherding? God desires to be your shepherd, but if you've never trusted him in salvation, then you're not part of his fold. You're not one of his sheep. You have to be saved in order to be part of God's fold and God's sheep. And he wants to feed you. He wants to be with you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. But you need to trust him as your own personal savior. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, I pray that if there's one that does not know you as their personal savior, Father, that they would realize today their need for a savior. God, I pray that you'd be with the Christians. God, help us to realize that your presence is with us every day, that your protection is upon us, and God, that your provision to provide for our needs and take care of us is there. And God, I pray that we would depend upon you. I pray that we would follow you. And God, that we would not wander astray. And God, that we'd not uh, be, be feeding from uh, other pastures and other places that are not healthy and not good for us. God, there's so many lessons that we can take from a shepherd that, God, you are our shepherd. God, I pray that we would follow you as Christians. God, we know that you'll do your part if we'll stick with you and follow you. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar is open. We'll have a song of invitation. Maybe you just want to thank God for his presence. Say, God, thank you for going with me to work on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, and on Saturday. Maybe you just want to thank him for the protection that he offers, how he takes care of you and protects you. Maybe you want to thank him for providing for your needs. Maybe you're here this morning and you realize I'm not part of God's fold. I can't say like David, the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, a personal shepherd. And, and I don't know him as my shepherd, but I want to. And you say, I need to be saved. Why don't you come and we'll have somebody take the word of God and show you how you can put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved today. Maybe you've been wandering as a Christian. Been finding food from elsewhere where there's a myriad of places out there, but they're not all good. We need to be following God. We need to be looking in His Word. We need to be following Him. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. Are you following Him? He wants to be with us. That's why He came. He wants our presence. He wants His presence to be with us. God with us.